Hello, and welcome to Marking Out with My Girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. This is my girlfriend, Kat. And sometimes we forget that it's all at work. you know what we we didn't even mention we didn't mention blood and guts oh yeah hey they (laughs) talked about um the newark episode of dynamite wherein they will be doing what they are calling blood and guts no do not call it war games we do not use that phrase trademark copyright so we're calling it blood and guts and i really want to go to the newark show now now but i honestly can't and Guess who is? I'll try to record some audio on my phone while I'm there live. Get me an autograph. <laughs> I will try to go early. I don't know who's doing autographs. Doesn't matter. They're all amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I will be going to Blood and Guts. I'll be doing some field reporting from there. I'll be watching. I'll look for you. I'll go early for the signings. It'll be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a show. They haven't even announced who's wrestling yet. So anyway. So Dark This Week was just a single match on it. It was Riho and Yuka versus Britt Baker and Penelope Ford. Penelope and Britt looked amazing coming out of it as heels. Yuka and Rio came a little bit short. <laughs> Not because they're smaller. Okay, sure. <laughs> but you know, it, it was a good match. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I know. It was a solid match. Like, no complaints whatsoever. Then, uh, yeah, so, like, Dynamite this week was, uh, you know, like, obviously you're on a bit of a come down from the pay-per-view. Dynamite this week was very transitional feeling. Mm-hmm. Major storylines wrapping up or morphing into something else and just kind of pick it up and going when a lot of your stars that were on the pay-per-view are now very tired. A number of them are very hurt. Kenny Omega with a broken hand. Yeah, as shown on being the elite this week, actually, it showed uh, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega in the back just covered in ice. Mm-hmm. Going, of course, the guy who drinks is fine. <laughs> we also have to talk about being the elite. I didn't take any notes on being the elite. We have to talk about it because being the elite ends with the Bucks getting a phone call. Who's that phone call from? Well, funny you should ask, because on the adjacent show, I mean, the totally unrelated show to Being the Elite, Free the Delete, that episode starts with Matt Hardy making a call to someone, asking them to come to the Hardy compound while he makes his preparations because broken blah blah blah. That's <laughs> It's such a, it, there's, there's a lot of storyline behind the broken verse. There is. To, to really sum it up, though, it it's going to a head where the Bucks are called in to help Matt Hardy. Well, mystery people are called in to help Matt Hardy. And then I'm it's jumping revealed... to the end of the episode. It's At two minutes end. long. At the end of the episode. <laughs> the end of the two minute episode, the Bucks show up. Oh, help... the Bucks of youth. I knew you'd come. <laughs> so it's at this point, it's all but guaranteed he's going to AEW. 
Yeah, so the Bucks are going to help with a ritual to remove Zenith from Hardy's essence. It is undoubtedly going to screw up, and Zenith's going to become the uh, exalted one of the Dark Order. Do you think they'll have Matt play two characters? I hope so, because if anyone can, it's Matt Hardy. Right, if anyone can do the two characters, like, I mean, like, obviously Bray Wyatt and The Fiend can play the two character really well, but but Matt Hardy could also. Like, I mean, like, there's a reason Matt and Bray work together. Yeah, exactly. They have very, very, very similar storytelling aesthetics, and it works. And they're both really good. They're both really good. Yeah. Okay, into Dynamite. Yes, into Dynamite. Where we start with John Moxley. <laughs> I'm not doing the Mark. <laughs> Pretty much continuing his promo from Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Picking up kind of where he left off. Inner Circle comes out. Uh, I thought Jericho looked really good. I think he lost a lot of weight recently. About 10 pounds worth, maybe. <laughs> It was, yeah, no, like, it was, it was good. Yeah, Jericho was saying that because Mox didn't need the eye patch for the match, it was cheating. Because everything is cheating when it doesn't go Jericho's way. Exactly. <laughs> like, who gouges a man's eye out? You're taking away his livelihood. <laughs> <laughs> so that sets, sets the main event for the night, which is the Inner Circles, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Versus Moxley and Darby Allen and what I dubbed the bring your kids to work day match. I'm sorry, but that was the aesthetic they showed. That was. There was also the um, the bet of I'll take a 60 day leave of absence from AEW if you walk out of the arena under your own power tonight. And of course, every smart mark watching, including me, said, of course, he's going to do that. He's going off Fozzie tour in Europe in, in the summer. That's that's how they're going to write him off. By the way, smart marks are incredibly dumb. Yeah, not not remembering that it's very early in March and the summer is three months away. Yep. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's to look forward to later on in the night. Start off the wrestling with SCU and Colt Banna taking on all four members of the Dark Order in what was a very fast-paced match. Yeah, it was like, I mean, like, it, it was a four-man tag match they're always going to end up being all-out brawls yep especially when you have a faction like the dark order that use a lot of numbers based tactics Mm -hmm. and are very good at them i did like how jerry mentioned that david arquette did the artwork on colt cabana's jacket but at no point mentioned rj city no because why would you mention rj because he's the better half of that team just ask him he's he's definitely david arquette's better half (laughs) So there's a couple spots in here that I really liked. Specifically, at one point, Uno had grabbed Christopher Daniels' leg mm-hmm. and passed it to Bryce Rensburg, the ref, and went for a neckbreaker in a very throwback move to the Super Smash Brothers, mm-hmm. their time on the indies, and specifically in, like, Jakar and stuff. Yeah. So that was fun to see. Reynolds and Silver actually had a lot of offense in this. Yeah, no, they... Did a good job of like I okay, here's here's my observation at the end of this match was if you build a team out of guys who constantly lose, the odds are you're gonna lose when you make them wrestle. But if they look awesome doing it, I don't care so much. <laughs> yeah, I guess. It, it 
the Dark Order storyline for me has constantly shot itself in the foot with making. Yeah, they did some good building up to the pay-per-view and during the pay-per-view with getting them a lot of steam. And even though they did lose on, on this one with Colt Cabana hitting the Chicago skyline and a Superman pin, Uno immediately jumping onto the microphone with how upset this is going to make the Exalted one. It's like, I really feel like they took that loss and put it to the best possible use for the story that's going on. I guess. I don't know. You would have liked to see them win still? Like, no, 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 this isn't how it's supposed to go. The Exalted One will be mad. It sets up the Exalted One a little bit better. Mm-hmm. It, 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 that's still the very forefront of what's happening here. But, like, the Dark Orders still don't feel like threats. They feel like paper tigers. It just... I don't know. I would like to see them be more of a concrete threat. Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. And I can agree. And I'm hoping still that when we get to the part where the Exalted One is revealed, you know, at this point, if the Exalted One is going to be revealed. Yeah, no, like, that's the other thing. Like, their only two recruits are Silver and what's his face? Reynolds. Reynolds. That's how unmemorable they are. <laughs> they need to pull someone big yeah otherwise they feel ineffectual yeah like they have uno and grayson leading them who are big in themselves and very impressive right no like they're very very impressive and i love watching uno and grayson work sorry i mean stew <laughs> I, they they work really well together and like they're a great tag team they just haven't been able to turn anyone to the Dark Order, you know? And, yeah. like, that's the big thing about the Dark Order is their push for recruitment. Yeah. I mean, I signed up. I signed up. <laughs> I still never got a call, even though they asked for my phone number. I gave them my legit phone number, too. <laughs> um, so, the next match. So we don't spend an hour on the Dark Order. So next up, we had uh, Big Swole and Leva Bates with Britt Baker. In what was a minute and a half match. It, it was very much a squash match. I appreciate that they are varying up the match lengths on the show. I wish it wasn't always the women's match that had to uh, be cut down. Yep. But I will say, I fucking love Big Swole's hair. Oh, God, yeah. It is so cool to see whipped around the ring while she's doing stuff. And, like, the dirty dancing is such a good-looking move. Yes. It's got such a good name. It looks really devastating. Like, it's... Big Swole is really good. And I'm gonna say it. Big Swole is really hot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna disagree with this. I don't think anyone's gonna disagree with us. But, like, you know, if she wants to put me in a head scissors, that's fine. Okay, that might be a bit too much thirst. <laughs> We're not here to solicit the wrestlers. Okay, look, I I understand that. I recorded an episode of Unsound Theories today, and it was the most chaotically horny episode of Unsound Theories that we've ever done. Okay, that's fair. So you'll have to forgive me. That's still the energy that I have. <laughs> okay, that's valid. So, what happened next? Next was the Cody promo. Right. Like, they were kind of slow, it felt like, getting to the elevator entrance. I was really hoping it was going to be MJF coming up. Yeah. Just, like, th that last little bit after the match. But, 
that it was it was even better <laughs> because it was Jake the Snake Roberts who came out, not MJF. Yeah, after Cody gets in the ring and is talking about the match, and and Jake the Snake Roberts eviscerates Cody. Oh my God, he's just—he's been through a lot and been brought back from near death by DDP, and he can still rip anyone to shreds over a microphone. It's incredible, and like that's what. Okay, so we we don't we haven't had a chance to talk about DDP. Just, like, in general for what DDP does right now. Yeah, he hasn't really been on screen since we started recording. For real? I think what DDP does for other wrestlers is one of, if not the greatest thing any any former wrestler has done post-career. Yep. No, he, like, has legitimately saved lives (laughs) and turned around people. And I, like, just, you know... It's something that he gets a lot of praise for, but I'd like to formally just say thank you to DDP for doing what he does. Thank you so much. Because it's it's saved a lot of heartache for so many. Like, and specifically, like, Jake Roberts. All week since this happened, I've been hearing stories on different reporting sites of people who have so there was like a 20-year period where you couldn't book Jake Roberts. He just wouldn't show up. Mm-hmm. I know. I tried to go to one of the shows where he just didn't show up. <laughs> he actually eventually came back after the whole DDP thing. And I got to meet him then, get an autograph and everything, and tell him like, yeah, about 15, 20 years ago, you were, you know showed us a thing here. And I'm just so glad you were able to make it back. <laughs> so that was cool for me. Yeah. But uh, specifically, of people, a couple people have been talking about the talking skits he's done where he'll do these one man shows in bars and everyone reports that even though he's in a bar for three or four hours, he doesn't touch any of the drinks. Like he's legitimately clean and good for him. Yep. And like, he talks about that in the promo he cuts. Yep. It's incredible. It's on YouTube. Go watch it. Oh yeah. Watch it. Then watch it again. It's so, so good. I've watched it three or four times now. And like the calling out Arn Anderson as a one trick pony. (laughs) That's good. That ending, though. Never turn your back on someone you respect or fear. Walks out, tosses the microphone for Cody to catch. It's like, oh, just everything. It's just magic. It was sheer perfection. And like the... I'm just here for your slice of the pie, Cody. <laughs> yeah, I don't want all the pie. Just your slice. It's like, oh, this is the kind of stuff that hooked me when I was a kid. <laughs> I I don't know who his client could be. The leading idea and what I kind of lean into as well is as Brody Lee, who was... I was thinking Brody Lee or Lance Archer. Yeah, those are the two big ones that are kind of getting thrown. I don't think Lance Archer needs someone to talk for him. Mm -hmm. Brody Lee does very well as silent intimidation. Right. So him working with Jake would be very well, but anyone who works with him is going to have a huge push. Yeah, no, like it could be some like, I mean, like there's, there's a lot of indie talent out there too. 
Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be someone from the other company, you know? Yeah, it doesn't have to be someone who's just been making headlines recently. It could be someone who hasn't been talked about yet. Because remember, AEW is the company that brought Jeff Cobb in on a whim for a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they can literally just find the perfect people for this stuff. So yeah, like, I... Everything. It was... I, I was left, like, buzzing with goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Okay, this was kind of a match light dynamite. Yep, there was a lot of story going on. The matches were... um, How to put this? There to push things that were already happening. Right, they felt secondary. Yeah, such as with Chuck Taylor and Pac. Yes, which was... It was a very good match, and it, but it really served the purpose of bringing out the Lucha Bros again. Yes. So, like, Chucky, I mean, Chuck Taylor's good. Like, there's no oh, question yeah. about that. Um, we got at work, got to give the people what they want moment. Yep. <laughs> it was on the outside this time, wasn't it? It was. There was also JR moment for this episode. Oh, no. Trying to catch Pack is like trying to pour smoke through a keyhole. <laughs> I have that in my notes because it's the silliest thing I've ever heard. Like, you know what? You're not wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. So like the, the Lucha Bros come out. Pack gets the Brutalizer. Chucky T verbally submits. Yep. Lucha Bros hit the ring. Beat all of them down. And they introduce... Death Triangle. Yeah, Triangle or Tumwete. Which, like, they gotta come up with a hand symbol or something for it, right? Like, do this. But you can't do this. I'm doing the diamond cutter motion because that's actually copywritten. Can you do... If you do this, that's Shayna Baszler. (laughs) Yes, we're doing a bunch of hand signals (laughs) on an audio podcast. Can you do this? Is, is this allowed? No, but I can show you why later. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. So, what was I saying um, about Thursday? <laughs> they could do the tri-beam pose from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yep, that's an option. I would like to note how this one went out was uh, with all three members of Death Triangle around Orange Cassidy at various stages of holding, biting, and licking him. Yep. Chaotic horny. Yep. That that sums up that thing. So yep. yeah, you have the search for spears that pre-record. Then quality Templeton Marshall. That's what I think QT stands for. Yeah, it was a little bit fun how they came out and during the break before the match, they were throwing out the fake signed apples. I liked Excalibur's quote while they were throwing the apples that there's not a pure one if in a 50 mile radius that has a fake apple left. That is a visual of AEW interns driving around the city all day trying to find enough of these stupid apples. There's a reason that that was only broadcast on Fight TV. <laughs> so QT Marshall versus Jake Hager, which it, it was a it was another Jake Hager match. Like whatever. Yeah, it it was a squash match on QT, as happens. It, okay, here's my thing. It feels like the nightmare family are like really not doing much other than putting other people over i mean yeah that's that is very dusty style booking Mm -hmm. where the good guys just kind of get beat down and beat down until they build back and eventually win i mean 
like it works. It just it's hard to feel like QT Marshall is much of a threat. Yeah, it it is good old school Southern booking, especially with his record. Yeah, I, I don't see him being as much of one as Cody or Dustin can be, but I'm hoping. Make me a believer. But like even I don't know. Either way, it was a good. It's a, it's an okay match. Like the standing arm triangle was the standing arm triangle. Yeah. But like you know, not letting go was a good angle. So Dustin comes in, and then Santana and Ortiz triple team Dustin until Cody comes in, and Cody gets hit from behind, and then. Santana Ortiz and Hager are hammering on Cody, and then what's that? It's Matt Jackson. Yep. And Santana and Ortiz take super kicks to the face, as is tradition. Hagar stops Matt Jackson, though. And then who comes out? But Hangman Page. With probably the best bottom third quote yet. I didn't catch that one. What was his bottom third? It said simply whooped both their asses um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so hangman comes out he puts his drink on the on the corner yep just keen was like no no i gotta do this first clears out the ring hits a great buckshot lariat onto hagar like really hangman is looking like the top man of the elite right now right and then he flips matt jackson the bird and yep. grabs about a hundred dollars worth of beers from fans oh my god also yeah the beer did not spill but like he just keeps getting beers from these people they're like handing him closed beers yeah it's like these are brand new beers that they like obviously had been holding on to so like those ringside seats are like 600 bucks a pop let's let's start with that yeah they're if you've not got cheap. 600 bucks a pop to spend on ringside seats Odds are you can also afford a stadium beer. Now, there is something here to address in that I see a lot of comments online of people like, how is it really that safe for him to be drinking all this beer from the crowd? Uh, you don't really see him drink that a lot of it. Like that, That's it. <laughs> when he comes down, a lot of times he doesn't actually have a beer with him. <laughs> like, this is a bit, you realize. Yeah, it's like it's not actually a beer. There's a couple of people marked out that are obvious where he'll take beers and drink them and most of it falls out the side of his face Mm-hmm. he sloshes like cold steve yep but yeah even going into the back like he had his arms full and he had one cup in his mouth and he looked like he's trying to drink it but it never actually hits him right <laughs> and like with the closed beers those are probably a little safe so it's like that's safe even still he probably just gives them back to the arena to dispose of properly exactly most people aren't going to actually take a beer from the crowd <laughs> but still it's like a hundred bucks worth of beer easy yeah, which is just nuts. Um, and then we have the main event. There's like a there's the MJF video, which I really liked, cause for one thing he had on an eye pinned Cody shirt. Oh yeah, that that shirt was classic. Which is insufferable, annoying, distracting, like a neck tattoo. Oh goodness. <laughs> um. So next we had the main event. Yep. But wait. But wait. Before the main event starts, Moxley tries to make his way through the fans as he is wont to do. Yep. As he feels safe to do. When he is jumped by three men in luchador masks. Oh no. Whoever could it be? And it's it's Santana and Ortiz and Jake Hager. Yeah. <laughs> and they beat the shit out of Moxley. For a good five minutes. It's a lot. 
it is kind of distressing how long they held that camera shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like in that time, security doesn't show up. The doctor doesn't show up. <laughs> He's just kind of there getting beat down. And then the ref starts the match. Yep. With Darby Allen Against Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. And eventually the rest of the inner circle as well. It was, I, okay, like, it, it looked like it didn't, I, it was another one of those matches where it's like, I like Darby Allen. I don't like watching his matches. <laughs> yep. I love Darby Allen. He's really great at what he does. I'm squeamish. <laughs> but he looked amazing through this whole thing. This, this, this only, only made him look better. Yeah. Because he basically single-handedly took on the entire inner circle. Like, yeah, if you want to push someone up and say, hey, here's someone who could potentially stand up with Moxley. Mm-hmm. This is how you did it. <laughs> Darby hot-tagging himself. Oh, gosh, that was... I, I popped a bit for that. I- I'll be honest. <laughs> Where he just, like, and then turns it on out of nowhere. It was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. I did like a couple of bits that uh, Jericho and Sammy would do when Darby was down. They're like posed in the middle of the ring. They're enjoying their father-son picnic a little too much, maybe. Mm -hmm. Eventually, though, Darby hits a coffin drop onto the entire inner circle on the outside. Then hits another coffin drop inside the ring. By any right, Darby should have won that. He only ended up getting a two. Ends up jumping on Jericho on the outside where he gets caught with a Judas effect in midair. Mm-hmm. Which reportedly has given him a concussion, unfortunately. Yeah, that's not so great. But um, Mox shows up. Yeah, after the match, Mox runs down with a chair. Breaking free from Doc Samson. Yeah, who was still following him. Like, good on Doc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he really tried. Uh, he hits a paradigm shift on Sammy. Hager takes him out again with the... Um, standing triangle they drag him to the top of the ramp and then they jointly powerbomb him through a table off of the ramp very reminiscent of the shield yeah hopefully mox addresses that next week just something simple like you think you're cute huh <laughs> yep and it ends with jr delivering a classic jr line what has the inner circle done to the champion <laughs> they made sure he didn't walk out on his own that's for sure. Because I did. I, I got some uh, some spoilers from Dark afterwards where, yeah, they had to stretch your mocks out. So that means Jericho's not taking a 60-day vacation yet. <laughs> Darn my, uh, my, my smart mark habits. <laughs> so, yeah, like, there was a lot. It was a very busy week for AEW. I hope they're enjoying the weekend off. They're still publishing stuff. I, I, I mean, like, I know they're still published. I mean, the the actual, I hope the actual wrestlers enjoyed yeah. the weekend off. I think she, right before we did the show, actually, they're, they've announced a match for next Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Since Kenny Omega's broken his hand, he's going to be out for one to two months. Hangman Page. Sorry, who? Hangman Page. Thank you. Hangman. I'm sorry, I get this wrong a lot. <laughs> Hangman Page is taking on Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara. Now I'm getting caught up on that. And Jericho. <laughs> With a mystery partner. Yeah, that's going to be good. I'm... Could you... Could you imagine... This is pie in the sky. Like, almost as unlikely as Medicare for all getting past. <laughs> Oof. 
<laughs> like that that far-fetched uh, pie in the sky dream booking but could you imagine if it was Kota Ibushi and Hagman Kat I can't imagine that and I want it more than anything and it ends up being Kenny Omega gets a divorce and then they play the Always Sunny theme song <laughs> see I- I've already fantasy booked this in my head though where Kota Ibushi comes out to help Hangman Page for the next couple months. And then at the end of that, when Omega's ready to come out, Hangman turns on him. And that causes Omega to turn on Hangman. And then we get that feud. Because love. The Golden Lovers deserve to be together. <laughs> yeah, I spent most of this week going through old Being the Elite episodes. Mm-hmm. Specifically around the time of Strong Style Evolved. And that whole story with... The Bullet Club Civil War with Cody being a jackass. Cody plays a heel really well. He just can't oh, yeah. do it in AEW. Not yet. Not yet. Maybe eventually. Seeing that story again is like, oh, my heart just breaks so hard. I want Cody Ibushi to be back with his boyfriend. They will love Golden Lee. I definitely didn't watch a compilation of all the times that they actually kissed. You definitely didn't send me that compilation either. (laughs) Let them be gay. Okay, we've been going for two hours, Aaron. Yes, we have, because we covered a lot of stuff. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Because it's nine o'clock. I don't think so. I think we've covered everything we can right now. Okay, I think this is a good time for us to sign off. So, uh... As we say around these parts, which is something we're modifying from last time. We're going to sign off. Thank you for listening. And be gay. Do crimes. Bang. Bang.